This is She's Running, the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson, and I'm glad that you're back for episode two. Honestly, I'm a little freaked out that She's Running has subscriber numbers in the double digits after only one episode, because quite frankly, I don't know that many people, so it means that complete strangers are listening to this of their own free will. So thank you, and hi. Quick question, did you know that it's election season already? On Saturday, the DNC elected a new chair, and Delaware elected Democrat Stephanie Hansen to the state Senate. In fact, today, there are special elections happening in Chicago for the Ward 4 seat on City Council, and in Connecticut for State House and State Senate. In March, three states, Alabama, Pennsylvania, and Louisiana, have elections, and more states have elections in April, and the list just keeps growing as we get into the summer. While November may be the traditional election month, local elections happen year-round, and the voter turnout in these is pathetically low. So stay informed, stay up to date, and stay active. If we're going to make change happen, we need to show up more than once every four years. Today's guest is running in one of these non-November elections. Paula Phillips is running for Board of Education in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and her election is April 4th. I really enjoyed the uh, email you sent me with all the links and something I think we may have, have in common. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question here. Are you an over-preparer? Oh, I'm <laughs> very much so an over-preparer. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, it's very difficult to over-prepare to run for office because <laughs> uh, there's just so many things going on with it. You sent me all these things, and you're like, you don't have to read all of them, right? I'm like, I, I'm like, I've done this, I've done this. Like, and here's a <laughs> here's a medium post, and if 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 you have time, but don't worry, you just send me the questions, and I'll prepare for this. Because I think um, I, I've tried to be better about preparing just enough, but I really value when people take time, right? I spend a lot yeah. of my time right now knocking on people's doors when you're not expecting somebody to be there. So the fact that you're willing to come to your door and then for people that, you know, spend five, 10 minutes with me, I really value that. And mm -hmm. if, if I'm going to say that I want to represent you, I want people to feel like I'm the best representation. So making sure that I'm preparing is important. <laughs> so we should formally introduce you here. Who are you and uh, for what are you running? Yeah. So my name is Paula Phillips and I am running for school board here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What made you decide to run? What motivated your uh, your run for school board here? Sure. So I am a daughter of immigrants, and my parents did a really great job making sure that I was able to go to really good public schools. And they showed me that, you know, America is this amazing place that if you can work hard, you can have limitless opportunity. And, you know, our family did have struggles. You know, my mom was in manufacturing and lost her job. And, you know, my dad um, had issues with alcoholism, but they always made sure that we were taken care of. And I was able to see how someone can move from a more working class background up to the middle class. And when I was 21, I did this program called City Air. And mm -hmm. it's an AmeriCorps program that works with 17 to 24 year olds to work in classrooms through tutoring and mentoring. And it was really exciting for me because, you know, I 
had a great experience in school. I always loved school, and it was a way that I could continue my service after I was working in ministry. And it was really, really difficult because it was the first time I had to really uh, recognize in a very stark way that the opportunities I had and that American dream that was available to me is not available to everybody. In our urban centers and even in our rural centers in America, we've been underserving children in our public education system. And what I what I love about education is that it's something that everyone should have. It's something we have agreed on as Americans in terms of that being a public good. And that's kind of when I started really focusing in on how can we address some of our biggest issues, whether it's segregation, whether it's incarceration, whether mm-hmm. it's social justice, like these things can be done in the school building, right? Yeah. So I worked with City Year and moved to Milwaukee about seven years ago for another AmeriCorps program called Public Allies that really, you know, focuses in on both developing the AmeriCorps leader, but then providing service in a specific place. And after that, I I looped back to City Year just because I loved the idealism. I loved uh, really bringing up new leaders and and being able to work with schools. So I worked at City Year and, and went to school part-time at METC because I, I went to school originally for ministry and wanted to go back and get my degree. You know, eventually, I went back to school full-time, finished up at UW-Madison. And I'm, I'm giving you kind of this backstory because mm-hmm. all of my life has been really focused around service. You know, I found that passion for education, but I never viewed myself as somebody that would run for office. It's just not something that was appealing to me. I always loved being involved civically. Like I campaigned for local campaigns. And I think because I was around, someone actually approached me and asked me if that was something I would ever consider. So when they did, my answer was, that was real, that's really flattering, but the answer is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that, wanna... that happens for a lot of women. Yes, yes. And it's really interesting because it was um, Claire Zautke who has served on the school board. And I think for women, it's interesting who we need to talk to us and convince us that we should run. You know, there's studies that show that a man can be in a public place, just at a party, giving a conversation and make a good point about diplomacy. And someone might say, you know, you should really think about running for office. And they consider it. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe. And for women, it's typically people that we consider mentors, people that are already elected officials, people that should know. And I hope that, you know, with the big wave of people that are just jumping in now, that it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that way. Because that's how it was for me. I never viewed myself as somebody who would run for office. And I really didn't have the desire to because I enjoyed working directly in the community. And I, I think having someone talk to me about how I could balance it, how I could really do it, showing me what I had already done and linking it to public service, somebody showing me how to lean on partners and family. So I, you know, the mechanics of it, because as mm-hmm. an over-preparer, I never <laughs> want to say I'm going to do something that I can't actually accomplish. Mm-hmm. So Claire really, Claire, and not just Claire, um, my family members, other friends that are elected officials were like, no, you can definitely do this. So it took a lot there. And we actually had something here in Wisconsin this past spring where the state legislature passed this thing called Opportunity Schools Partnership Program, which ended up getting rebranded as the takeover, where depending on the state report card, if there was failing schools or a district was failing, that the state could 
suggest that somebody else would be an outside commissioner to come in and turn around those schools. And that was something that was, and I think maybe because I was raised a conservative, I have very strong feelings about local control and Mm -hmm. people in the buildings being able to figure out their own solutions and kind of government getting out of the way in in that. So uh, that was really something that I think put the fire in my belly and uh, to say, you know what, like, all, you know, my friends, my family, they're telling me I can do this. I see this issue and I bring a unique perspective that isn't being brought to the table. So it's like worth the hard work to at least try and run. Mm-hmm. That's great. You mentioned you were raised conservative. Your political history actually started with you campaigning for a Republican state senator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what prompted your switch from Republican to, I guess, more liberal? Sure. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me was when I did City Year, I realized that the way I had viewed government needed to change for me to see the change that I wanted to see in my community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up with very strong faith, and I still have that. And my father was a Marine, so you know I grew up watching Bill O'Reilly every night, right? And <laughs> it's just, and I, I think that you know conservatives have strong values around family and really do have this kind of mantra of country over self that like I, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I had grown up at school with people who had different political beliefs, but you know, the people that I loved and people that I knew, you know, identified as conservative and, you know, they weren't bad people, you know? So I think that's <laughs> how most people have their political beliefs, especially when you're right. growing up. Yeah. And I just saw that, you know, we need to invest a little bit more in public goods like healthcare and education and even our infrastructure. And that had been something that Democrats had been talking about since FDR. And seeing that not everybody had access to what I had. And for me, I, I, I went back to school for economics because I'm like, okay, what are the numbers behind this? And mm-hmm. approaching public goods and approaching government in a way that, you know, invest in, in things that help everybody versus tax breaks, thinking that it would trickle down. I, I, that That is more of a theory of government and economics that I identify with. And and honestly, too, the first per- Democrat that I had ever voted for was in the 2008 primary was for Hillary Clinton, because mm-hmm. she was somebody that I could identify with, that I thought she was a strong leader. She grew up in the suburbs of Chicago like I did. She was very pragmatic. She seemed so smart, and she was strong. And I'm like, oh, you know, like I love, I love, you know, John McCain, but, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, yeah. and obviously I lived in Illinois. There was no way she was going to win the primary in Illinois. <laughs> and, you know, Barack Obama ended up being phenomenal. But I think that's kind of how my transition happened there. Mm-hmm. And then this past election, you worked for the Hillary campaign. I did. I was a volunteer. So I spent a lot of time knocking on doors for her and uh, making sure that we would get out the vote even in the primary, which once again, she did lose in Wisconsin. But yeah, I was out Mm -hmm. pounding the pavement for her and really proud to do it. That's awesome. You mentioned that you're a first generation American. What has it been like for you experiencing, I guess, first the rhetoric about uh, immigrants, but then also the the swell of protests that have been happening? Yeah, it's, it's been very difficult for me. Uh, I think more so because I've I grew up mostly with white people and 
you know, I never felt like I was un-American. I, I think mm-hmm. I always felt like an other. Uh, and not because people were mean, but because, but, but just different things that people would point out about the way that my house was or, you know, the, way, the food that I would bring in. But it was just mm-hmm. how kids are. You're like, oh, this is different. I just don't feel like we were meant to have a nation that focused on differences mm-hmm. and how and the idea of the other. Uh, it's been very difficult for me, and specifically in Milwaukee and Milwaukee public schools, we're a majority uh, minority district. And after the election, and different schools had counselors on site because. People mm-hmm. were worried about their friends or their family members that might get deported or even just cruelty that kids were mimicking because they saw it on the on the news mm, or around yeah. that, oh, you're going to have to go back to Africa, even though, you know, a child is African-American and has never even been to Africa. Right. Because children mimic that stuff. And that's what deeply concerns me is that we're not really thinking about how we're role modeling for kids. In in terms of the protest, um, I think that's an American right. I think people have the right to do that. And I just hope that it doesn't stop, people's advocacy doesn't stop there. Uh, Something that I really hope people jump into is instead of saying that our system is so flawed is that we get more people involved in electoral politics, Mm -hmm. people that normally wouldn't be at that table so that we can see new leaders come up. Well, it seems to be happening. There's a uh, groundswell of people, women especially, who are expressing interest in running for office, which is awesome. Yeah, it's so <laughs> great. And it makes you feel so good because I think there's something to not feeling alone in it and mm-hmm. feeling like you're part of something bigger. I actually work at the Medical College of Wisconsin and uh, specifically around women's leadership and something that we talk about in terms of how we write job descriptions is making sure that there's enough language around team, being collaborative, mm-hmm. innovative. These are things that women are drawn to because we 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 typically think of things as bigger than ourselves, right? So if, mm-hmm. if you say like, this is a way that you can get power, right? You're like, okay, that's cool, but... <laughs> Um, what will I do? Right. And, and seeing so many women that are coming up, it's just so exciting because I think it really will change our nation. Oh yeah. What has the process been like for you so far? So I first started thinking and considering about running for office last spring. Right. Mm -hmm. And prior to announcing, I took the time to talk to a lot of people that are involved in education in our community. So whether it's the teachers union, actual teachers, you know, the AmeriCorps volunteers I had worked with, uh, people that are attached to the Democratic Party because that's how I identify. And just seeing, you know, like this is something I'm interested in. What what do you think? You know, like how have people done this before? I talked to former school board members, that a lot of that over-preparing stuff we talked about. And it, <laughs> it helped me because it gave me a lot of confidence in terms of mm-hmm. like who I was and, and it kind of showed me like, ooh, you know, like I really need to, be a little bit stronger in my messaging and how do I do that? And so I announced in November here in Milwaukee, it's really interesting because my school board district would be 74,000 people, which is actually larger than a state representative seat. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In an urban area. So we, when it comes to the mechanics of 
figuring out how do I reach voters, I, you know, got a voter list from the Democratic Party and it's an off year. So found a way to target and like, how do I talk to voters that like vote in these kind of elections, right? Mm-hmm. It's a nonpartisan race, so I'm talking to everybody, which I love because then I can actually see like, you know, what are people thinking? And I live in a purple area, so uh, I can talk to somebody that voted for Trump and then talk to somebody that voted for Bernie, you know, all mm-hmm. on the same block. It's been focusing everything on voters. So I go door to door after work, um, probably three out of five nights a week, and then spend my weekends around 11 till sundown, but today it's warm out, so I might stay out later, you know, just <laughs> knocking on doors. And I've been able to be really fortunate because I was involved in local politics before, so it wasn't as much of a learning curve. I mm-hmm. commend people that are getting ready now uh, for 2018 because it does take a lot, you know, getting comfortable knocking and how people react, uh, getting comfortable raising money. You know, I've, I've thrown fundraisers for friends before, very different than raising money for yourself, I must say. It feels <laughs> a lot easier for me to ask somebody for money for something like She's the First, which is a program that focuses on education for girls around the world mm-hmm. or local candidates. And now it's me. I'm like, oh, um, hi, I'm running for your school board. <laughs> I, and you just start fumbling because you know the ask is coming, but I think mm-hmm. understanding that everyone knows the ask is coming is a little bit more comfortable. And I have noticed because most people would say, which is true, phone calls are the best way to get that money. People our age, like millennials, mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of money just through email because I think we're all kind of uncomfortable on the phone. We text, yeah. we email, so <laughs> know your audience with that. And, <laughs> Yeah, so I've I've raised enough money for uh, so I'd be able to print literature that you need, get mailings printed, and now that we're about 46, 45 days away, everything's focusing on that voter outreach. I have a friend that's volunteering to be my volunteer coordinator. My fiance, who's been involved in politics, uh, he's helping me with field work. So field is you know the, the actual voters, making sure that we're hitting voters either by knocking, dropping calling, mailing at least five times before the election. That's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not you know, targeting all 74,000 people. Um, it, it narrows down quite a bit in these off-year elections. It's about, we expect 10 to 12% of likely uh, of registered voters to show up. So Yeah, and it's not, it's not like you're campaigning now for 2018. Your, your election is now. It's soon. Yeah, April 4th. Yeah. <laughs> So how can people get involved with your campaign um, if they're either in Milwaukee locally or online? Locally, I've had every weekend people can come, just come to my house, grab a lot of lit, grab a clipboard (laughs) and start hitting doors. I think that's the biggest way to really reach voters and win an election. Uh, I don't have any events coming up. So if somebody wanted to host an event, that would be great. Uh, uh, But it's really getting that. Money is always great. But like I said, I did a big push in January. So my biggest ask at this point is for volunteers. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to people on the online community, sending good vibes, getting those nice notes. It's easy to give online. So I will take money. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, (laughs) And and honestly, a lot of I have a team that is remote, right? So for other people interested in running for office, like letting your skills be known, like Emily, this mm-hmm. is amazing that 
you're willing to do this podcast, the people, you know, <laughs> uh, the women that are helping me with my literature, they're a part of this group called New Politics that focus on AmeriCorps members, Peace Corps, and military vets to run for office you know, around the idea of servant leadership. Uh-huh. They were able to help me design my lit, uh, help me with my messaging, um, help me with online, co- you know, like coaching, mentoring around this process. And that's incredible. And, you know, they're on the East Coast. So I think what's amazing about technology is people can bring their skills to the table and say, I can design or I can do a podcast or, you know what, I know a donor that is specifically interested in women's leadership and let me have you talk to them on the phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our world is so much more of a village than it ever has been before. So really just thinking about whether or not you want to run or you want to support women running uh, now or in 2018, like what skills do you have because they can use them. Mm-hmm. I've been finding that there's this great sense of uh, a group of women, like who are, if you're running for office, you know, you can talk to the other women and it's so supportive and people are getting connections and it's a lot less uh, individualistic than mm-hmm. it seems like a running for a political campaign should be. Right. There's like, you know, a lot of online support and, oh, yeah, no, you can totally do that. Or how do I do this? And then somebody will help them figure out the answer, which is really, I guess it shouldn't be surprising to me, but it kind of is. Right. No, no. (laughs) Because I think typically politics is a very individualistic field. And it, in the media, it seems so awful and so cutthroat. And then down here in the, like the grassroots area, it's very supportive and it's very encouraging for, mm-hmm. for women who, who are thinking about running or who are running. But I do, I don't want people to think that what we see in our online communities, I'm doing this program called Emerge 2, which uh-huh. brings together women that are interested in running that I see face-to-face once a month. And a lot of my Emerge sisters are helping me on my campaign, and that's been amazing. But when it comes – oh, don't worry. No one is hurt. <laughs> um, is It is – there is – politics is still not fun in terms of as, – like, as a woman. I think some of the mm-hmm. challenges I've had – is typically when people think about people that want to be on school board are people Mm -hmm. that are young mothers or former teachers. And I think at first people wondering, why would I want to do this if I don't currently have a child or, you know, I didn't have that classroom experience, which to Mm -hmm. me, honestly, I think is a gendered thing because when we look at our school board makeup now, we've got people that are retired firefighters, uh, people that are former parents, um, many people that are closer to retirement than not, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really making sure that you know your messaging and you know who you are and why you're doing it. And, and I talked a little bit about that earlier, but honing that in was difficult for me because at first I'm like, well, this is the right thing to do. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, we need to do this because we need public education to be good. And people are like, yeah, we get that. But like, why you? And you're like, oh, I, I, you know, well, why me? I don't know. And it feels awkward talking about yourself. And yeah. Uh, and something else too that I have had feedback on is, you know, my dad was a Marine. Mm-hmm. When I get passionate, I start talking from my gut. I get, I, I stand up tall. I get my hands big. And I think 
for for men, that can be some things like, wow, like that is a strong, passionate leader. Now, as a woman, I do have to watch myself and, and I have, you know, strong women that have given me this feedback, which makes me even more, I think, upset. But it's like you need to find a way to have your passion not be interpreted as aggressive or angry because people still have a hard time with that when it comes to women. So making sure that I'm able to communicate with strength, but then also smile and seem gracious and Mm, come back up to the higher registry in my voice. You know, these are the sort of things that men don't hear, right? And and having kind of like your own inner strength to – no, and it goes both ways, right? So if if I'm talking, I'm going door to door, I really do, I, I think I, I talk in my sweet voice where it's like, hi, my name's Paula. <laughs> you know, I want to run for school board. Tell me what you think. And it, so that it's approachable, but, but then people are like, well, that's good, but you don't want people to think that, you know, you're a little girl, you know, yeah. talk with a little bit more power. So it's just – when it comes down to it, it's like find your voice and own it because everyone's going to tell you the way that you talk is wrong, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like people that love you, right, you know, and I'm just like, okay, okay, and I just think, you know, and I think that's something that to be weary of too is it's so important. We both connected through She, mm-hmm. she Should Run and that f- kind of finding your story, knowing your voice and owning it, that being the first thing you think about that is that's like the secret sauce because once you know why you want to do this and why you are the best person for it it it's that confidence where you can do all those things and you can ask for feedback and take the good and leave the bad that's that's great advice (laughs) well good luck I love how grassroots your campaign is you're just like come over grab some literature and let's get let's hit the streets yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we have some big – we do have bigger, like, volunteer events. So for Get Out uh-huh. the Vote, you know, that weekend, the first weekend of April, we'll have a lot of food. You know, if people want to stay after, we might have some drinks because it's – you know, you want to you want people to have fun. Right. Where can people find you online? Yep. So I've got a Facebook page, and it's mm-hmm. just facebook.com backslash Paula for – MPS. All right. I will be sure to link that on the podcast page. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, Emily, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> I feel all warm and fuzzy and it's a great Good. way to feel, you know, before eight hours of doors ahead of you. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you again to my guest, Paula Phillips. Remember, Milwaukee school board elections are right around the corner on April 4th. So if you're in Milwaukee, mark that date on your calendar and don't forget to go vote. A special thanks to my sister Morgan, who has been working hard curating great content for our social media channels. Speaking of, you can find She's Running on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram at She's Running Pod. Follow us, like us, share, and retweet. Thanks for listening to She's Running. I'm Emily Jackson, and I'd love to hear what you think of our show. Give me a shout on Twitter. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends and write us on iTunes. I'll be back next week with my guest, Danny Pellet, out of Dallas, Texas. Thanks. Talk to you soon.